I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. In five, four, three. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast, Friday Live Edition. A little earlier than normal because I got some things I got to take care of today. I'm your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and back with me to talk about some crazy shit on another Friday afternoon in clown world is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's going on, man? Not much. I'm actually glad that you asked me if we could do this a little earlier today because I am picking up my daughter from school this afternoon, and I gave her the option that we could go see one of three movies. We could either go see The Marvels, the new Hunger Games movie, or Napoleon, the Ridley Scott um, supposedly historical account of Napoleon. And she ended up choosing the Marvels. Uh, I was kind of hoping she would choose Napoleon, but she didn't. And that's okay, because from what I've heard, the Napoleon movie is actually terribly historically inaccurate. Uh, a good friend of mine said he almost walked out. It was so bad. So, like, not that the movie was bad, but that from a historical historically accurate standpoint it was bad so i guess i'm at the end of the day i'm kind of glad she did pick the one she did instead of instead of that since apparently it's pretty trash which isn't that did we talk about the other day the uh women being as good or better hunters than men like they, they i don't even... think so i just yeah, i was having some fun on twitter with it that's a good yeah <laughs> can we pull up that stupid fucking <laughs> dude it's so amazing to watch these scientists just bend over backwards in the most retarded ways to try to stick to this narrative of gender equality. This is one of the most ridiculous, like the dumbest fucking statements I've ever seen. Early women were hunters, not just gatherers, a study suggests. Have you looked at this? Have you looked at the study? Because I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those psychopaths who actually like when they say there's a study, I go look at the study and see what they did, like where they got the study, how they did it. Like, I yeah. want to see. No, that they- that's why you're here on this show. That's why we have you. I, being just a fucking genius, I don't need to see the study because I've seen, like, I know women and I know men. And I, I've, the, the tagline that I saw on Twitter was like, there's no evidence to suggest that women weren't just as good at hunting as men or something like that. I was like, 
<laughs> the evidence is that we're still here as a civilization, as a species. There's the evidence. Like, I don't need to see a study on this, but please do tell. I'm okay, sure it's so a very, very uh, thorough and accurate study. It's, in, it's incredibly enlightening. So there are close to 400 uh, what they deem foraging societies that have existed since the year 1800. So they're, they're saying that like prehistoric women did all this hunting and stuff, but their study only goes back to 1800. So they're already projecting like thousands of years into the past that they have no way of, of knowing anything about. But so from 1800 to present day, there were roughly 400 foraging societies and they studied 60 of these. Now of the 400, most of them don't even exist anymore. And of the 60 that they studied, only like two of them actually still exist. Uh, but so they're they're doing a lot of this study based on 200-year-old information from what they were able to glean from like looking at sticks and bullshit and, and burial plots. A lot of it was based on like they found burial plots where women were buried with things that resembled hunting tools. So that means that the women hunt like it's all projection and there's no actual like yes a few of the more modern societies women and men share the hunting responsibilities nothing says that the women were are better hunters or that they do more hunting or anything it's just that they share the responsibility but they they add all this like conjecture and and create this narrative out of nothing like there's nothing in any of this study that would say anything that the headline actually indicates yeah. So I remember another thing they said was uh, another um, feather in their cap as hunters for women was like they had more endurance or something. So they'd be better at chasing animals. <laughs> they'd be able to run longer. I, I don't, I, dude, I don't know. This is the clown world that we're living in, but there's no evidence to suggest that they never hunt. <laughs> Just like, dude, the evidence is all around us. Which chicks were decent hunters. I, I mean, if you give them a gun, yeah. If you give them a rifle, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this chick can hunt. But with a fucking, she's not taking down big game with a spear or something. That's not happening. And that's fine. But I, I'm curious as to see how they defined a woman. Did they get into that at all? I, did, I didn't see anything on that. I, okay. There was a thing that... Um, <laughs> It's just trans fucking dudes back yeah, then. <laughs> I did see a thing that said like a bunch of early Roman emperors identified as trans or some ridiculous bullshit. Like there were some in the lat in the later stages of Rome before the empire fell that pushed some transgender bullshit, but they were like at the at the edge of collapse of that uh, of that empire. Not like prominent not like prominent leaders in the at the peak of of roman power like they just come up with all this like insane bullshit and it's history and science have been so perverted over the last like 30 or 40 years into instead of instead of talking about science from the perspective of okay we're going to go observe and see what happens they they go out with this is the answer that we're looking for and then they just try to create yeah. the situation to give them that answer so they can see, Oh, this is what science says. Like anytime I told my kids, I was like, 
if somebody says the science is settled, tell them the science is fucking bullshit. I was like, stand <laughs> up in your science class and tell your teacher that the that the science is bullshit. And I will gladly come pick you up and we'll go see a movie or whatever. Yeah, it, it really is just ridiculous to watch them do this mental gymnastics of trying to prove their their theory. Like they just have to they have to stretch everything to make it fit the narrative. And uh, yeah, somebody's saying that you think they think butch chicks would have made decent hunters. I mean, I'm sure you could find a woman that did some hunting back then. Like there's an exception to every rule. But um, it's the exception that proves the rule. The very fact that it's an exception proves that, that women were not uh, were not as good of hunters. Like if they were, then women would be doing all the hunting, and the men would be doing the gathering of the of the berries and the taking care of the children. Well, like like you see it in you see it in modern like shooting sports, where even though like physically there's not that big of a difference in what's required to like hold a gun and shoot a target or to, you know, draw a bow and shoot a target. Men statistically always beat women in those sports. There's a, there's a reason that they split them into men's and women's categories because men are consistently more accurate than women in all of those. Like it's, it's not, this isn't like, this isn't misogyny. It's just simple statistics. The way it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, dude, <laughs> there, there's just like some implication in the fact that they they keep trying to pretend that women can do all the same things that, that men can do. And like implied in this mental gymnastics that they're doing is that everything men are like good at and doing is like more important and more valuable to society for some reason. And it's like, no, no, dude, there, there's nothing like taking care of the children and, you know, keeping the house in order and doing the, the gathering while the men go out and hunt. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just as valuable, if not more so, because you're keeping the fucking next generation alive. So it's just like, but they don't see that. They don't see it that way. It's weird, man. It's like a weird admission on their part that they think that everything that men gravitate towards naturally and are better at naturally is somehow more important for society. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm just kind of distracted. I think there's a whale out there. It's the first <laughs> whale of the season. I'm watching the fucking markets over here. Just hit my goddamn target and I couldn't find an entry. I knew three hours ago, Justin, where this market was going. And I just kind of watched it get up there all morning long, looking for a good entry. Couldn't get in. And then I just hit 4,600. Speaking of the uh, differences between men and women, since you, uh, you sent this graphic, <laughs> men have paid off a significant portion of their student loans since 2009, while women yeah. have not. Oh, actually, uh, just before we leave this up, but before we get into that, because I forgot I was going to make this other point, um, what you were saying about just men consistently being more accurate with, with firearms. Like, we have better reaction time, right? Uh, we have better visual, spatial uh, orientation or whatever. Like, that's why we can parallel park <laughs> and women can't. <laughs> like, um, one thing that I've noticed, and I think I've, I've had this theory for a while, is that, like, I can't like men can't find anything in the fridge or the cabinet. 
you know, it'll be right in front of your face. You'd be like, where the fuck is the ketchup? And you, you know, your wife or whatever, just be like, oh, it's like over there to the left, like just behind this other thing. <laughs> like, because men, when, when they're doing all the hunting, they're looking around, like our peripheral vision is much better. Like we see shit that's moving and we're really good at that. Um, because we did all the hunt or maybe that's why we did all the hunting, or maybe we just developed this skill over thousands of years because we were doing all the hunting. I don't know. Uh, but women were always doing something that was like right in front of their face, knitting, sewing, grabbing berries and shit. So like, if it's like right in front of my face, I will miss it somehow. But if something goes fly, if a whale fucking 600 meters outside just jumped out of the water, I'm like, whoa, what's going on over there? That's that's funny. I, I picked my daughter up yesterday from school and we were going to go do some shopping and run around and stuff. And so we're we're driving back from uh, we're driving from the school back to town and I saw a deer and I like slammed on my brakes and slow or like hit the brakes and started to slow down. And she's like, what? What? I was like, did you not see the deer that just ran across the road about 200 yards up? She's like, what? I was like, yeah, there was a deer that came out. I was like, usually where there's one, there's going to be two more. So like, I'm slowing down so I don't hit the next, the next deer that comes. Like, absolutely. I mean, she was she was not playing on her phone or anything like that, staring out the same windshield that I was, and just completely <laughs> didn't see this deer come flying out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so anyway, I, to back to this little graphic that we have here, men have paid off a significant portion of their student loans since 2009. Women have not. Um, percentage of the original two, 2009 balance, women almost have 100% of it still. <laughs> Men have paid off, what, 30% or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, what the fuck are women doing with all their money? You take a girl out, you're buying dinner, you're buying drinks, you go on vacation, like you spring for the fucking Airbnb. Like, Seriously, what do they spend? Is it just like fucking purses and stuff? Brunch? I know brunch is a fucking ripoff, dude, but Jesus. What are they spending their money on? Right? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Shoes and uh, hair. The, yeah. Getting a hair the, done. <laughs> the, the cynic in me has me thinking that they're, they're just waiting to find some man that's going to pay it off for them. <laughs> So they're just not going to pay off the balance. Oh, man. But they have, and they probably have like a much bigger percentage of the loans, right? Like more women are going to college now uh, and they're just not. So I don't know if they're not finding jobs in order to pay them off, but I think they are. Like if you look at the the jobs that people are getting, women are getting a lot of them. I think one of the things from seeing different stuff on like TikTok and Instagram and some of these like viral clips that get made. I think the way it kind of seems is women are getting degrees for these jobs that they do. Not, tend to, yeah. They, they do get like bullshit degrees. Yeah. And so then they end up working in something other than what their degree is for making significantly less money than they were expecting to. And for some reason, they seem to feel that it's necessary to live in the city and to like have this extravagant uh, social life and to do all like dudes will just 
go to work and then sit at home and play video games and never go out and, and be perfectly fine with it because their entire friend group is, you know, online and on the video games that they're playing. Like women seem to have this, this need to go out and do things and, and, and going out is not cheap. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's certainly a lot more expensive for men to go out. You know, you buy a chick a drink, you buy yourself a drink, you're at like a nice bar. It's like 40, you're, you're at 40 bucks right now. Two cocktails and a fucking tip for the bartender. It's like, I don't know. I think it's like 40 bucks. I don't, I don't even know what the fuck's going on in the U S anymore. But, um, so I understand why the chicks want to go out get those free drinks, get a meal or something. But even when you're doing that, you're still out. So they're, even if you're not buying the, a lot of those types of things or at the same rate as men are buying them, you're still spending money to be out. And then of course, you know, they got to get their, they got to get all dialed up. You know, they buy all the makeup and the nails and they got to look good. That's just very expensive in the U S it's a lot cheaper here in Mexico. Well, and I uh, guess the like clothes are more expensive for women. Like my entire wardrobe came from my entire wardrobe came from Sam's. I don't think I spent more than $12 on a single piece of clothing that i own I, I have a couple pairs of pants that cost like 70 bucks but everything else is like old navy and sam's everything is 12 dollars or less i if it's if it's like 15 bucks i'm probably not gonna buy it like i'll buy a 10 i'll buy a 10 pack of white t-shirts for like 15 bucks but that's because i'm like i'm gonna wear those things for like three years until the arm the sleeves fall off of them like, my wife keeps trying to make me change out my white t-shirts and i'm like why it's still like, I just need this part to be functional. The rest of it is just, you know, for cover. <laughs> yeah, you got, you know what you got, Justin? S-T-Y-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, men will wear things to fucking, until, like, you wear your underwear until it just disintegrates. <laughs> um, most of yeah. my wardrobe I had in college before I got married, like, Stephanie started rotating out my clothes and making me buy new stuff. But if it wasn't for that, I'd still be wearing the same shit I was wearing in college. Yeah. I mean, I, and I keep, when I, uh, when I sold my condo in Chicago, I had so many fucking like work shirts and shit, like half the stuff that was in my closet. Like, dude, I haven't worn this in like 12 years, still in the closet though. <laughs> like, And even if I had been like living in, and like going into the office, I still wouldn't have worn that shirt. So I made a, a very nice donation to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, what's it? The uh, fucking Goodwill Salvation Army. Yeah. Man. Salvation Army. Thank you. Jesus. Um, yeah, I got a lot of work, a lot of work clothes for, uh, any of those guys that were trying to get a job. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it did the trick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Women spend an obscene amount of, uh, money shopping, I guess. I think it's just shopping. I don't know. Any chicks, uh, listening to the show. Feel free to chime in here. Yeah, let us know where your money's actually going, since apparently it's not going towards paying off your student loans. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody in our audience is, was dumb enough to take out student loans, so surely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if not, you know, they've probably uh, they're the small percentage of women that have been paying them down. I'm sure, we have very responsible listeners here. Definitely. Uh, what right, else do you want to talk about today? Um, I mean, I sent you a bunch of stuff. So, um, oh, you want to talk about the about Biden's tweet? Since we are talking about uh, spending money on stuff and and doing yeah. all the, all this shopping. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. 
I love the community notes on this, especially <laughs> Joe. Joe Biden says, let me be clear. Any corporation that hasn't brought their prices down, even as inflation has come down, it's time to stop the price gouging. Give American consumers a break. Okay. So I I almost don't even know where to start with this. But I just thought everything was great with the economy. Right? If, what wait, happened if, to that? If inflation is down, how are prices up? <laughs> That's the first question you got to ask yourself. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they came down off of all-time high and 40-year high inflation rates. And we're still running. Was the community not say 3.2%? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, prices are still going up. They're just not going up as fast as they were going. It's great. But it's price gouging. I really like this. the last part of the community note. It says the Federal Reserve aims for a target inflation rate of 2%. So even... So like they're touting they're never going to come down if they hit their target. Yeah. They're, they're touting that. Yeah. Uh, they're touting that like inflation is down. Inflation isn't even at the, the feds, aim, you know, target rate, much less down at all. And that's if you even believe the 3.2% is actually the, the rate that inflation is running at right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, dude, I mean, the, the prices are just absolutely insane for everything. But, but I, I just, that is a really interesting little tidbit there that their target is 2%. Nobody really seems to think about what that actually means. What that means is their stated goal is to destroy 2% of your purchasing power every year. That's their target. They want to make you 2% poorer every year. Nobody has a problem with that. And by the way, where'd they come up with 2%? Uh, I don't know. They just fucking pulled it out of a hat. Somewhere in, in Europe, like the ECB, uh, there's some country in Europe, I forget, that started this idea of a 2% target. I'm drawing a blank on who it was. But then everybody just, yeah, 2%. 2% sounds good. Um, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's just so bad for the economy. It's like. Well, Johnny, you know what's driving all of these prices up is uh, big sandwich monopolies. Ah, yes, I've heard. But thankfully, Pocahontas is going to take down big sandwich. <laughs> the Federal Trade Commission puts your lunch on its plate. The Fed's probe a $10 billion deal for sandwich chain that would put Subway, Jimmy John's, and Arby's under the same roof. Oh, God forbid that all of the all of the sub sandwich people end up getting together and and having a one company to run well, all of this then they can yeah they could price fix <laughs> your $5 foot long is going to be a lot more than 8 or 9 how much is it now like $8 or something for a $5 foot long <laughs> they're just <clears throat> they're just trying to buy their bread in bulk so they don't have to so they can like cut down on the competition for who's getting the bread on what day well, yeah, and this is just a perfect example of how the um, the government works. All these like fucking um, when they try to bust up these monopolies. First of all, they're already like late to the party. <laughs> Every single time, it's like the the free market was going to break that up if it didn't already. Like by the time they actually win in court or whatever, it's like yeah, no, it's already been broken up. And this is probably, I mean. 
I bet you if they if they block this deal, did it say they're going to block it or they're trying to? Uh, they are investigating. Investigating the purchase. Yeah. Yeah. So they okay. don't know how it's going to shake out yet, but apparently uh, McAllister's and Schlotsky's are also owned by the same private equity firm Schlotsky's that owns Italy, huh? yeah. Jimmy John's and Arby's. So like bringing Subway into the fold that or Subway bringing all of them into the fold, that just makes it a... A, a mega monopoly like nobody will ever be able to get in on the sub game again right yeah yeah and my guess is like you know i remember the thinking back to like the blockbuster um blockbuster and like hollywood video or something <laughs> half our listeners are probably too young to remember any of this shit <laughs> but back when you actually had to go to a physical location to rent a movie blockbuster was like had the monopoly right and blockbuster and hollywood video were gonna merge and they were just like oh this is no this is gonna be like a super monopoly they're gonna dominate the market <laughs> and it was really just a last ditch effort for them to stay competitive because netflix had begun this was back i think when netflix was still mailing you the discs in the mail and you'd have like a queue and you you get one in the mail, you watch it, you send it back. As soon as they get it back, they send you the next one. The good um, old days. Yeah, that was happening. And Blockbuster and Hollywood Video were, were starting to break. And like their last ditch effort to fucking remain competitive was this merger. The government fucking blocked it. And within a year or something like that, both had just gone, disappeared, bankrupt gone no longer no longer viable but they're in in blocking it their fear was like oh this is going to be a monopoly <laughs> yes it's going to be a monopoly of bankrupt antiquated fucking video rental stores so they only have 30 days to complete their investigation and if they haven't done anything by that time then it's uh so the company that's that owns all the other sub shops and is buying subway also owns uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Baskin Robbins, and uh, so that, I mean it's like a it's like a big food conglomerate. It's I don't see how this is any different than um, like Yum Foods that owns KFC, Taco Bell, and um, what's the other one? Long John Silver's. They also own, or maybe it's not Long John Silver's. It's something else. I, anyway, they own a handful of other. Uh, other properties as well, like fast food and other food stores. Like, I don't see how this is any different or why the FTC would get involved in it. And it's, I mean, it seems like having these bigger firms be in control of it, the government should be in chart or in favor of that because that gives them more of an ability to uh, kind of put their influence over a huge market very concisely and easily. Yeah. Yeah, it also says here that they're uh, they're investigating the pending merger of Kroger and Albertsons, the grocery chain stores. Yeah, but I, I'm sure it's just for your protection, because we know how concerned the FTC is and the government overall with your protection. Yeah, absolutely. They're, this this has nothing to do with how the uh, the government can influence our food supplies or anything like that. No. 
Yeah, I wonder if, uh, yeah, it's like you got to start getting your supplies directly from one of Bill Gates's fucking thousand different acres of farmland. <laughs> oh, man, dude, there's a lot of weird shit going on in the in the agriculture space. A lot of conspiracy theories being floated. It's it's a space that's that kind of makes itself open to it because not a lot of people know how the agriculture, how agriculture works or really understand it. And it is also sort of a niche market that not a lot of people get involved in. And, uh, and it works a lot differently than a lot of other markets and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things that um, I've seen stuff over the years that there will be theories and, and postulations put out about, something happening in the agricultural world. And and for people who like know and have done that their entire lives, it's like, Oh, this is like every year. Like, like remember um, a couple years ago, maybe it's been a year ago now, but there was all the talk about like all of these uh, fires at food processing plants and stuff. And like, yeah, you know, it's just going to completely tank our food supply. I was like, uh, I can't remember how many it was. It was like 130 fires or something. As and I, I started because I'm that fucking psychopath. I started going through the list and like looking at the the different fires and stuff. And I found one of them that was in Owensboro, Kentucky. And it actually happened on a night that I was at work. I, the plant that I work at is right down the road from like literally can see the grain elevator from uh, from our parking lot. And I was there that night when the when the fire happened at the, at the, this food processing plant there in Owensboro and they had a, uh, a fan motor that caught on fire and the maintenance guys went out and put the fire out and replaced the motor before the fire department even showed up. Like nothing actually burned, but that counts as a fire. And so as I'm looking through it, like fully 80 to 85% of these are, like minor things where nothing actually caught on fire. There was just a fire on the property, but it gets counted in this reporting. And and then of the ones that were like, there were maybe a dozen that were actually like legitimately something burned down and bad happened, which is statistically about right for the industry. Like, And then all the rest of them were just like normal shit that happens from time to time because that's the nature of the beast. Like it's, it's funny. It's funny how that stuff works. And, and like I said, I, I'm the, I'm usually like the psychopath voice of reason who goes and looks at all 130 different reports and like, <laughs> yeah, it's not really that big a deal, but yeah, I, I do remember seeing it was like every week there was like a chicken factory or something that was burning down. Um, but I probably only saw, I'm sure I only got like the, the 10 reports of like the major fires and you never hear anything else. So it's just like, okay, yeah, that's, that seems like a big deal. Yeah. And then, and like I said, and then people are putting out the numbers that there were, there was 140 agricultural production plants that caught on fire. It's like, yeah, yeah. there were 140. It's like what, yeah. It's like there what they do with the fires. fucking, yeah. They do this, like the mass shooting shit. There's like two mass shootings, but we're going to count every fucking incident as a mass shooting now. So yes, there were two big ones. And then there was like a hundred little fucking drive-bys in Chicago last weekend. So, oh, there's 102 <laughs> mass shootings. Speaking of, today is the 
today marks the 26 year anniversary of the first like legitimate school shooting. Heath High School in Paducah, Kentucky, uh, was on December 1st, 1997. Um, I had I had a couple cousins who were at school that day. Um, that's that's my neck of the woods. So, yeah, I never heard about that one. I think Columbine was the first one that I remember. Yeah, Carniel, I think he shot eight. He shot eight kids at the school that morning. They were having a. There, it got twisted in a bunch of different ways. They were having a, uh, like a prayer meeting, a, a Bible study thing, and he shot eight kids. And it got twisted by some like right wing media as an attack on Christians, and then it also got twisted by others in the media as uh, the reason that violent video games were such a pox on society and it, it it got turned into all kinds of craziness from from the time it happened and then you know then you get you get columbine and some other stuff that happens after that but uh the heath high school shooting was the first one that of our era that really kind of kicked off all the, the school shooting stuff so well it's good to know <laughs> happy anniversary to uh all the survivors <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, I did send you a video this was not a shooting but it took place at a school oh yeah I thought oh. this was an interesting one I, don't, I just don't understand we'll, we'll watch the video yeah Dude, it's still every time I watch one of these videos, I just think of that Black Mirror episode where like everyone's filming the fucking guy. <laughs> it's so bizarre, dude. So um apparently, I, I don't know, I still don't know what the what the cause of this was. I don't know if any more information came out, but uh that one kid was stabbing everybody. And he ended up, he killed one of the, one of the kids died. And I think one or two more were injured. So the, it's pretty interesting. So the, the, the kid that's backing up at the beginning of that video, like he's, he's walking back and then this kid throws a punch. And I remember looking, I was like, why is this other kid punching so fucking weird? Like he was going for like body shots around his back. And I was like, oh shit, he's stabbing him. So he wasn't like I saw him stabbing here and I was like, OK, he's like he's getting fucking mobbed. Um, so he starts stabbing these guys. I think he probably got a femoral artery or something in there. He's doing some doing some leg work. Um, but he had that fucking knife cock locked and ready to rock. Like he took one shot in the face and then he just started stabbing. And then they got they run back into the gym and he gets chased by like 50 people. Um, only like two or three of them are actually fighting. I, I don't understand what like why everyone gets involved in these things. Um, I never really had brawls like that when I was. It was always just like a one-on-one kind of thing. Uh, but right. yeah, so if if folks got in a fight, everybody would like step back, 
and make sure that it just stayed between the two of them. Like if somebody else tried to jump in, then <laughs> then you would knock that person <laughs> out and keep them. But let them fight it out. And then and more often than not, after they got done fighting, like the next day they would be they would be best friends again. And you never yeah. know anything even happened. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I when I watched this video, I was like, I don't know, dude. That looks like self defense to me. Right. When you're getting when you're getting jumped by a whole bunch of folks, like I, I mean, what are, what are his options? Like, don't don't stab anybody and have a mob beat you to death because right, I like mean, that other kid from quickly. like uh, in Vegas or something like a week or two ago, they beat him to death. So like, I, dude, he was clearly backing up. He was avoiding confrontation, and the a guy throws a fucking he threw the first punch. It's like, all right, dude, you want to do this? Here we go. <laughs> like and then he gets a couple fucking stabs in I, it didn't look like a very big knife but um all you gotta do is hit the right spot yeah fuck around and find out that that is the definition um but yeah pretty interesting dude i i didn't realize i had to watch it like a few times I was like because the headline just said like student dies after a fight or something like that and so i'm watching the fight i'm like wait who died like what happened who died and then you have to have to actually like read the article and be like, oh, he's he got stabbed. Like there was a stabbing, there was a knife. And then you watch it again and you see this guy going going it with these weird fucking. I was like, oh shit, he's stabbing him like right away. At first, I thought it was after it went into the gym when he just got overwhelmed by like three or four people that he just pulled out this knife. But he no, he right away, dude. So uh, well, and like if you go back and, and look at it, you can see in the video very clearly, like after he stabs somebody and the, everybody like kind of scatters, then he runs off. Like he's not, he's not trying to, he's yeah. not trying to keep stabbing people. He's not trying to be in a fight. He's just trying to get himself out of the situation. Like it's hundred percent, dude. I, and they arrested him. I think they said the suspect was in custody or something. So I don't know, dude, I, that some people were like, Oh, he's fucking him. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, nah, dude, that's fucking, where I come from, that's fucking self-defense. You're backing away. He fucking clocks you in the face. Okay. I mean, maybe right then it's a little aggressive to just start stabbing him. <laughs> but it's like it, within four seconds of that happening, he's got, you know, 10 people on top of him. Uh, it's kind of like the the problem with the, the nap. It's like at what point do you <laughs> like – yeah, it might be a little aggressive to start stabbing them at that point, but like, how long do you need to wait? Like, do they need right. to actually have you on the ground, bloodied and on the verge exactly. of death? Before yeah, you did, start he to wait? did he like, have to wait until they were in the gym and six more people had jumped in? Right. Like, it's in my mind, no. <laughs> in my mind, that first punch, it's like, all right, dude. Right. As soon as you swing on me. You have you have decided that you're ready to go, and and I'm not in this to fight honorably. I'm in this to win and survive. Like that's that's the uh, that's the mistake that a lot of people make is they think that if you're in a fight that you you need to fight in a particular way. No, if you're in a fight, you're you're in a fight to end the fight, not to not, not to do it in a in some sort of noble way. Like right. the fight needs to end as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah, and especially the way people are fighting these days. When they, like people just fucking jump in on you, it's never like that wasn't going to be a fair fight if he didn't have the knife. Right, and, and it's it's a shame that we see these videos come from. 
like you don't see these videos come out of charter schools and and out of like private schools and stuff like this. They're usually particular demographic splits and public public. (laughs) You you didn't when you read the headline that students stabbed in in a fight to death or something, you didn't just think of like a nice little uh, small Jewish community school or whatever. It's exactly yeah. where my, my where my mind went right yeah. right away. Yeah, like um, you know, it's going to be some inner city school that's just packed to the gills with people who are already pissed off at each other all day every day. Yeah, what's the the Michael Malice quote or like you know, school is like the only like one of the few places where you know people will legitimately encounter violence on like a regular basis. They are fucking prisons, man. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of these kids, they're definitely fucking prisons. And the government forces you to go. Otherwise, they'll take your kid away because you're not giving them the proper education. It's like, all right, this is the, uh, <laughs> this is the education. You're doing a great job. I think they need more funding. Personally. The teachers aren't paid enough. Um, they need more equipment and everything. Like, that's the pro- that's why That's why all this shit's happening. Yeah, if they just had better funding, then they would never have any problems out of any of these students ever. And that would just solve it immediately. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus, dude. What else you want to talk about today? We got uh, You want to talk about Elon Musk telling yes, all of his advertisers to go fuck themselves? Yes, because there's a very important message embedded in this. <laughs> so he's doing this interview. I don't know what this was. Um Who's the guy he's talking to? Uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin. Yeah, someone with the New York Times. Yeah. Okay, so this guy's interviewing him. Uh, We all know that Elon Musk has been getting into it on on the Twitters or the X with with advertisers, with uh, bigger comp, like the the pedophile shit with um, Disney and things like that. So, yeah, just go ahead and roll it. Know that there's a public perception that, and, and you're clarifying this now, um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger I hope today. They stop. You hope uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise. No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you then. I'm like the bo- Hey, Bob. I mean, that's that's a direct shot at Bob Iger. Yeah. <laughs> The, yeah. the follow-up is even better, though. You want, you want to keep going? Yeah, play the follow-up. That's how I feel. This guy's dumbfounded. Don't how advertise. How do you think, then, about the economics of, of X? If, 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 if part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift, maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view... 
What do you do? F Y. I, I understand that, but there's a reality too, <laughs> right? Yes. No. No. I, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino's right here, and she's got to sell advertising. Absolutely. So, um, no. No. Totally. So. So. No. No. Actually, what what this advertising boycott is uh, is is going to do? It's it's going to kill the company. And you think that the company- I, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there are those advertisers. I imagine are going to say. They're going to say we didn't kill the company. Oh yeah. They're going to say tell it to tell it to Earth. But they're going to say that they're going to say Elon that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. Right. Let's that's see. that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. So okay. This then this. All right. So uh, there is just something so refreshing about a guy with fuck you money that will actually utilize the privilege of being able to just be like, no, you know what? Fuck you. Keep your money. One and Elon lighter follows it up. Um, he says, what I care about is the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. <laughs> like he went on a just, tirade and i mean it's yeah. amazing to for him to say he, that and, and still, also, oh god so like he he says that about you know earth will earth will decide or whatever or if it kills the company th- that's kind of the uh like the continuation of of the thing that we saw with with um kanye where you know kanye says that the jews run all of the entertainment business and uh, all of the entertainment in- industry and all of the banking industry. And then to prove him wrong, they canceled all of his contracts and locked his bank account. Yeah. When Elon says, you know, if, if I made a statement that was perceived as anti-Semitic, whether it was or not, and they're going to start a boycott, a, a advertising boycott against me, that's going to show the world exactly who they are and exactly who's running everything. Like if they can kill Twitter or X because he may or may not have said something that was perceived as anti-Semitic, there wasn't even a direct, like, I think it was, he was replying to the reply of someone talking about an original post. Like he wasn't even, it was like three, three levels of, of uh, removed from the original post he was just like answering somebody else's question um like if the perception of anti-semitism is enough to get to to kill twitter then you see how much power is actually being wielded (laughs) yeah well it, it certainly looks like um these days that kanye was just a little bit ahead of his time now you can (laughs) you can have rallies about killing jews um, you know, because they're colonizers now. As long as you're pro-Palestine. See, that was that was Kanye's problem. If he had been pro-Palestine while saying these things, he'd have been all right. But yeah, yeah, I wonder, you know, I know Donald Trump's looking for a running mate. Maybe if they want to get the, the radical left vote, you bring Kanye back in on the ticket, you'll get all the 
<laughs> Donald Trump will get the, the pro-Israel people and um, Kanye West will get the pro-Palestine. Boom. Uh, but yeah, dude, there's... I, I can't stress this enough. Even if you don't have the fuck you money, sometimes there are situations in life where somebody just needs to be told to fuck off. I've been saying this for a while now on this podcast, particularly like the type of people like, you know, during COVID, oh, where's your mat? Like you don't have your mask on or, uh, you know, the, the, the Karens that are everywhere. They need to be put in their, like they want the reaction. They want you to, Oh, apologize and get down on your knees and beg for fucking forgiveness, beg for their advertising money. Be like, even if it's going to kill the company, be like, fuck you, dude, I'm not doing it. And uh, I'm not going to apologize because you're demanding an apology or you wrote me some fucking letter or you complain. There was like some, I saw some other kid on Twitter that wants the, the emoji with the, the glasses and the buck teeth removed because it's offensive to fucking nerds with glasses it's like first of all your parents should shut be up, fucking nerd. yeah <laughs> shut the fuck up nerd <laughs> and that's yeah you got you have to just put these people in their fucking place properly when when the situation presents itself a nice fuck off a stern fuck off will you'll you'll watch them just fucking pearl clutch and then collapse. I I have. It's always been one of those things that really pisses me off, like in a relational or work setting. But just the the three very simple words, I don't care, goes a long way in some of that stuff. Like like if I'm having a conversation with a family member or, or a friend or somebody about something serious, and they say I don't care, that kind of that that. Draw, that that kind of pushes me the wrong way but if it's something like one of these people that's pushing on this like completely dumb insane bullshit that doesn't fucking matter i will a hundred percent say i don't care and i mean it to be as offensive as possible like because because that is something that for me is very deeply offensive if somebody says that to me like i mean that to be as offensive as humanly possible if i tell you i don't care i want you to feel hurt by that like and when people start talking about that dumb shit just i will just straight up be like i don't care like you can talk about it until you run out of breath and fall over and pass out and i will not care ever like i do not care yeah and the only reason people more i think more people don't do that they don't live their fucking values they pretend like you feel like you have to pretend you have to hide your values and everything is because they're afraid they're going to get canceled and so this is as much on like the employers and shit that are that that will fire you for a bad like a facebook post that offends the you know some fucking idiot online they need to stop doing that too Stop fucking kowtowing to these people. Stop. Don't give them a fucking inch. Like, no, whatever your cause is, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> and uh, and then from an individual level, you just have to become ungovernable like the fucking meme. It's just like, dude, you have to be able to like, if you want to be able to tell somebody to fuck off, you have to put yourself in a position where you can you can live your values and you can be like, nope, not interested. Fuck off. I'm going to do what I want. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's the position Elon Musk is in um, big time. But 
yeah, dude, you, you just gotta, you gotta take control and you have to, you have to put yourself in a position where you can give somebody a nice fuck off when they deserve it and start putting society back on the right track. Way too much, way too much power has been given to these pearl clutching letter writing keyboard pussies. I'm sick of it. They're destroying the country. Anyway, absolutely. Um, we need to do our inaugural. I was going to say, ready to Chicago start episode. Start ready to start winding down with some uh, the the Chicago segment. Let's yeah. uh, let's start with the the new Chicago mayor Brandon Johnson and and uh, hear what he has to say about their their plans for the their uh, migrants who have been so warmly welcomed into the city. You know what we've seen is a very raggedy form. Um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this, that particular party has been about. Right. This is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. And so, so I got you. I got you. I just want to... It's, it's Republicans' fault that they have a... Uh a migrant crisis uh, and, yeah. And in this speech he's he's talking about their uh the, the housing that they're going to have for for these migrants uh, <laughs> that's going super super duper well yeah so while you pull that up it's dude there's something just unbelievably infuriating about watching every progressive ideologue blame the failure of their own fucking policies on the people that are be, are telling them like no your your policies are retarded like this is going to be a disaster and then they implement the policy and lo and behold it's a disaster it's like oh well they they set us up by by, by forcing us to do our policy that we advocated for you see this with every failed fucking socialist country it's always like when it inevitably fails, it's like, oh, well, it's because of uh, right-wing extremism and, you know, the sanctions that the U.S. government put on them. <laughs> it's just like, no, dude, your, your policy was bound to collapse at some point. Maybe these sanctions um, exacerbated that, but it didn't, like, dude, the fact that Chicago's having a migrant problem, they asked for it. They're like, we want to do this. We're going to be a sanctuary city. And they said, okay, well, here are all the migrants. So here, we'll give them to you. Be a sanctuary city. Let me know how that works out. It's like, oh, they're just trying to create chaos and drive. It's like, no, no dude, they're, they're allowing you to implement your policy. It's hard for these migrants to get all the way up to Chicago from Venezuela. So we, we, gave, them a little, we gave them a little bus from Texas. Give them a little boost. Yes. Pick them up, take take them the rest of the way. <laughs> and so, yeah, this I, I haven't um, 
uh, gotten into this story very, very much other than there just seems to be co some confusion now. And by confusion, they mean like they started to use taxpayer money to build a fucking shanty town for migrants. And then the people of Chicago got pissed off. And so I think they're backpedaling. If I got that right. Yeah. So they're of all places, they're putting this on the fucking south side. Um, so that's as if you didn't already have a, enough of a problem with violent crime on the south side. Um, if you've been paying any attention to Germany, Sweden, France, the United Kingdom, like everywhere that these um, migrants end up getting put all together in a in a nice big cluster, they end up being violent and uh, doing a lot of crazy shit. As if so, as if violence wasn't already a, enough of a problem on the south side of Chicago. Now you're adding an additionally violent community to that. Also the Existing violent community doesn't want these people there. So now you've got tension before they even <laughs> ever even get there. And they're using taxpayer dollars to build this stuff. And then once the once like the the people in that part of, of Chicago find out that taxpayer dollars are going to build these like shanty towns and create this like section eight housing for illegals while their own section eight housing is falling apart and they can't get any support to get any of their shit fixed. They're like, why the fuck are you not spending the money on us who already live here when it's our fucking money to begin with? Like we're the ones who pay taxes. You're going to take our tax dollars and give it to people who aren't even from here. Like it's, it is about to turn into like full blown shit show. Uh, uh, like yeah. if it, it wasn't it's almost the like they're, they're creating, the stabbed, it would be interesting to just be there on the ground to see it happen. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the Israel-Palestine situation. Like, they're just trying to create that now <laughs> in Chicago. It's, dude, and could you imagine, like, you're just like some poor fucking Mexican or something trying to make it to the U.S. to get a better life for you and your family, and they stick you on the fucking south side of Chicago? Jesus Christ, dude. I you would literally, like, they call it Chirac for a reason. You would be better off in Iraq probably I, I mean a couple weeks ago there were reports of like a, like a dozen or so families that were going back to venezuela they're like yeah. fuck this this is not good venezuela yes the, the place where like you have to wait in line to get a bag of flour uh you've already run through all the zoo animals to eat <laughs> i'm gonna go back there at least it's not gonna be cold for the next nine months <laughs> Oh, shithole Chicago. We need to get that song, Sweet Home Chicago, edited. Do you know how to do that? Uh, need, I know how to need do somebody it. To, yeah, we need somebody to uh, sing us a, a version of that, but swap out the Sweet Home with shithole. <laughs> somebody get on that for me. So that we ha <laughs> Did I have another thing from Chicago? I don't think so. There's a lot I of stuff. I say it was it was three different things about the uh, the migrant crisis and the, okay. the shanty towns that they're building and everything on the south side. <laughs> it was all all the same story. Yeah, it, it's it is pretty. It's it great. is pretty impressive. You have to at least you almost have to tip your hat. Like you like how much worse could it get after Lori Lightfoot? It's like uh, well, here's this fucking idiot. Well, right. and New York City's going through the exact same thing. Only now they've also got uh, Mayor Eric Adams has been accused of uh, sexually inappropriate conduct, 
in, I don't know, it's been a long time ago, but like 20 or 30 years ago, he was uh, being sexually abusive towards women or something. Uh, kind of like his predecessor. Uh, or, well, maybe not. No, this, this is the Cuomo was the governor, not the mayor. But, you know, I mean, that uh, Democratic politicians in New York being uh, inappropriate with women seems to be a common theme. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, you know, it's almost as if politicians are fucking scumbags. All of them. Crazy, right? I, I, I wish there was somebody out there screaming this into a microphone twice a week. They don't care about you. They're not like out there to make your life any better. They're out there to fucking molest kids, abuse women, and steal your life savings. So just stop it. Stop fucking dude. I uh what 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 was happening? There was a Oh, and also to uh run secret uh surveillance programs that break literally every law that the country has to to spy on people. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's probably just the, so they can come after you for something in the future. Why Why are they so interested in everything you're doing online, Justin? With probably because I bought that copy of Mein Kampf the other day. <laughs> um, yeah, I was... Dude, it was... Um, there was some post on Twitter that reminded me of this scene from The Bronx Tale. Great movie, by the way. Um where it was just, it was about, you know, how Joe Biden's doing so great or something like that. And, um, and the person on Twitter was just like, oh, like, it's so nice to see somebody, you know, giving the president credit, you know, he's he keep, like, no, he's doing all these great things and he's not getting any um, notoriety for it. Like nobody's talking about how great everything is and I feel bad for him or something like that. It just, it reminded me of the scene from the Bronx tale. If you haven't seen it, you probably go watch that movie. But um, this kid witnesses uh, a mob boss killing somebody. And the mob boss is like trying to talk to him afterward because he doesn't rat him out to the cops, right? And uh, so he brings the cop or he brings the kid into his little fucking hangout restaurant or whatever. And he's talking to him. And the kid's got a Yankees hat on. He's like, oh, you like, uh, you like the Yankees? He's like, yeah. He's, Who's your favorite player? Like, Mickey Mantle. And uh, I forget exactly what, what gets said after that, but he's like, he, the kid's angry at some other player because he made Mickey Mantle cry after a loss or something like that. And he's like, I hate that guy. He made Mickey Mantle cry. And, and the mob boss is like, kid, what are you worrying about Mickey Mantle for? <laughs> Mickey Mantle's not going to pay your rent. Mickey Mantle makes $100,000 a year. I guess that's a lot of money back then. It was like in the 50s. Uh, Mickey Mantle makes a hundred grand a year. How much does your dad make driving a bus? His dad's a bus driver. He's like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, nobody fucking cares, dude. Stop worrying about these fucking politicians. Oh, I feel so bad for Joe Biden. What? This is like some fucking Joe Schmo on fucking Twitter, you know, probably makes 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year. I feel so bad for him. He's not getting the credit he deserves. Why are you wasting your time feeling bad for multi-millionaire, many times over, Joe Biden? What are you doing? Stop feeling bad for these politicians. They don't give a shit about you. And they ain't going to pay your rent. No matter how much fucking dick sucking you do on Twitter. 
by the way, a lot of people talking up Hunter. There was some, did I send you any of those posts? I probably just replied to them. I just kept, I kept seeing like three or four, now that like the Hunter Biden's not a bad guy. He's a great guy. He's very successful. It's like a really weird narrative that they're going with, dude. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. We've got, we've, we've got to start running the spin leading up to 2024. Like, I mean, primary season is upon us. It'll be, it'll be here before you know it. And they've got to start, they've got to start building their book for how Biden is so successful. He's done so great. His son is a saint. Uh, like he's just a he's just a uh, misunderstood artist, and like you know we've we've got to we got to build the got to build the book for how successful and amazing Joe Biden is, so yeah. that people will forget all the things that they literally see happening all around them. Yeah, pull 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 this up real quick. We'll get out of here on this. Okay, out of the way. What the fuck is this shit? Ugh. Why is that in the way? Go, Jesus fucking computers man all right i'm gonna send it to you right now um yeah i saw maybe two or three different accounts kind of going with this this narrative here i've never heard of this power beard guy go ahead and and read that for the audience few things most republicans don't know about hunter biden that he is a yale educated lawyer is a successful entrepreneur and venture capitalist, was appointed five years on Amtrak board as VP by President George W. Bush in 2006, and is a humanitarian. And most people are unaware that Hunter Biden was chairman of the board of World Food Program USA, a 501c3 charity based in Washington, D.C. from 2011 to 2015, which supports the work of the UN World Food Program, which has a huge impact. While chairman, Hunter Biden helped increase funding 60% in five years to more than $2 billion. $2 billion. That's a lot of starving people fed. And just for fun, let's see how many horrible comments are made by people who clearly didn't read this. There's always a few. Kind of wish they would read it, though. Hunter Biden is an inspiring person. This is only a few small things. Oh, my God. Charitable organizations in Washington, D.C. are the number one source of money laundering and like that that's how the charitable organizations especially ones that have connections to the un are the way politicians through their family members move large sums of money around two billion dollars i'm I bet you it was more than that. That's just what they That's said. That's a rounding error. Yeah. <laughs> a Yale educated lawyer. So Yale gave him a degree. Has he ever actually practiced law? Like, is this kind of on the same lines as Joe Biden as um, was a was a lawyer? Like he, he got a law degree by finishing literally at the bottom of his class and then went immediately into politics and never actually practiced law at any point. Uh, five years on the Amtrak board as vice president uh put in that position by George W Bush I mean George W and George HW were longtime cogs in the machine that the and Amtrak is one of those like money funnel programs and with Biden's long tenure Joe's long tenure in government you don't think there were some uh handshakes and back stretches that needed to be uh, taken care of like oh my gosh the, the the level of as you were getting to the level of naivete 
in this tweet is staggering, dude. Nothing he listed here, would he get any of those things if he wasn't Joe Biden's son, first of all? Right. The answer is uh, to every single one on the 100% no. He had no business doing any of those things. They're all just either fucking money laundering schemes or they're like ceremonial fucking no-show jobs that you give the fucking uh, the politician's son because he's the politician's son and there's some fucking handshake backdoor deal going on. Like every single one of them. Hunter by. Yeah. Uh, he, he also has fucking child porn on his phone or his laptop and his phone. Um, so I guess we'll just we'll ignore all that. Uh, but yeah, so I saw like two or three people fucking tweeting kind of similar shit about how great Hunter Biden is. And I was like, wow, that's a real they're really leaning into this one. And I was just every single time I was just like, Hunter Biden has plenty of hookers sucking his dick. He doesn't need you to. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It, it is. Again, why? Like, why do people feel this need? to carry water and uh, i feel hunter biden's getting a bad rap and why do they always prop up like the most miserable disgusting people you notice that all their fucking martyrs are just like fucking scumbags right if joe or if hunter biden's getting a bad rap it's because hunter biden deserves to have a bad rap because hunter biden is fucking bad like absolutely yeah, I, I mean, I wonder if anybody just did like a juxtaposition. It's like, okay, yeah, this is the good column for Hunter Biden, and here's the bad column. And it's like, didn't he fucking bang his uh, brother's Dead wife brother's like right wife. after he died? They're having a like, okay. <laughs> yes, he's a. We should we should look up to him because he's, he's a Harvard educated. She's Yale the one educated. that turned him in on gun and got gun charges put against him because she was afraid that he was going to do something crazy because he is crazy right a fucking crackhead right he's dude <laughs> oh my god yeah it's nuts hunter biden is uh no got a bad rap it's it's just you know it's republican talking points yeah okay bro all right yeah, it would be so fun to just take like the pictures that were taken from his phone and his laptop and everything. And if you could just edit out the edit him out and put like some Republican and like put Donald Trump in there and just watch them go off on how despicable this person is. Fucking banging two hookers at a time with a crack pipe in his mouth. Put take, Don, put Don Jr.'s face or Jared Kushner's face on those images and and watch 100%. how rabid they go at it. Yeah, 100%, dude. Anyway, I guess that's a... Uh, get out of here on a high note. High note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got anything going on this weekend? Oh, no. The uh, Bronze Age mindset got bumped up to last night because uh, Mark's going to be traveling tonight and then ended up getting pushed from last night to next week because things come up and life sometimes gets in the way so uh i will be available for the happy hour tonight after uh i might be i might be late but i will be i will be available cool cool uh we're doing 7 30 or 6 30 7 30 is what we've been doing okay it's up to seven, you. yeah uh, we can do 7 30 cool 7 30 happy hour and um that's it yeah 
put some stuff out in the sub stack this week and go check that out if you want. I'll link to that in the descriptions. Do all that for us, and we'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know what to do. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.